Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. Welcome back to On Culture, uh, the podcast of the Embassy Substack newsletter. Check that out at theembassy.substack.com. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about aspects of culture and faith and our world on this podcast. We have been, and I'm joined uh, today by my uh, one of my older brothers, Greg. Hi, Greg. Hey there. <laughs> Glad to be uh, here. Yeah, we're going to talk about tradition, and so family tradition is part of the piece that I included. Some family memory memories. So uh, I thought uh, I would have uh, Greg. Uh, join me and just before we were recording we talked a little bit about our uh, very early and incomplete memories of going to a Michigan State football game uh, with my grandpa and I, 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 rem- I don't know if it was more than one uh, but I might only remember one I remember some memories of it and I was pretty young uh, and I remember it was a big deal because that Michigan State was sort of a big deal in college football back then and I don't think it was like the big game of 1966 against Notre Dame, the you know, whatever that famous first game of the century. Um, but it was a big game. It was full. I remember the the blimp was there because one of my memories was Grandpa's annoyance that we would, you know, he'd give us the binoculars and we'd be looking at the blimp, you know. And <laughs> it's sort of a, I mean, uh, his annoyance was sort of part of the landscape it wasn't like a scary annoyance but it was uh certainly you know just part of the i don't know endearing is the right word but just part <laughs> of who grandpa was so yeah what do you remember from that game yeah that no that was that's a great way to describe that kind of a benign annoyance <laughs> because there are annoyances that we grew up in other annoyances that were not so benign correct and annoyances is, is probably yeah. too too soft of a word but but yeah, as as I as you were talking, I was reflecting on grandfathers. Uh, you know, I think he just expected us to have the same attitude uh, about the game and the importance of it that 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 he did. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of tuned into that we were little kids and mm-hmm. that the blimp is going to be far more interesting <laughs> in some aspects or. Mustard packets, for, <laughs> mustard you know, packets. for that matter, right? Tell us, tell uh, us about the mustard packets. Yeah, so well, uh, what I remember, um, and I remembered it as I was reading your piece when you first sent it to me, mm-hmm. and um, the 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 long walk up the the ramps. I remember mm-hmm. that. I remember grandfather being pretty serious ab- mm-hmm. about you know getting there and getting in the seats and getting us settled in. And then once we were settled in, I mean, we were fairly, you know, quickly bored actually, mm-hmm. right? Because we were little kids, but, but I do remember at one point, I don't remember the blimp, but what I do remember is us, you know, popping mustard packets with our feet. And at one point, uh, a, a particularly exuberant stomp uh, went, went on the guy's coat in front of us. And he he turned around. He was not happy, right? And then grandfather was not happy and took you know a bunch of napkins and tried to 
rectify the situation a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I remember, you know, that, you know, like, you know, as, as much as we got in trouble with grandfather, that was one of those times. Right? That's that funny. Was, yeah. 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 So I have a, as you say that, as you said that, I, I have sort of a vague memory of that, but I don't really remember that, uh, that part of it. Because uh, I was probably pretty young uh, when this was going on. Um, but I, you know, one of the things, and I wrote about that game, uh, because of, you know, one of the things that spurred the peace and tradition was all of the, the breaking of tradition that's happening in all this conference, uh, alignment. And, you know, my sense that, that there's a certain sadness to all of that. Like, is there a certain sort of deep background kind of not really um, rationally articulated, you know, whether USC or UCLA joins the Big Ten is not really the thing. It's like there's a world that's passing away that uh, that this this traditional alignment represented more than 10 schools. It represented something else, like some part of my past or some part of my identity in a way that I obviously hadn't thought about and articulated. And so that's sort of, you know, what caused me to think about tradition and, you know, how it might operate on us and our psyche or a sense of identity and all of that stuff. So I don't know what your thoughts on, I don't know what your thoughts were, you know, what, uh, you know, on the realignment or if you have any thoughts, you still live in Michigan um, or in just that sense of memory tradition, identity, all of that? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, uh, I, I do, I, it is, it is a little weird. You're, you're following the football uh, closer than I am. I did see that headline and it struck me as, as odd and, and foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because if a Big Ten team did well, um, they would play USC or, you know, a, a Pac-10 team right. in the Rose Bowl, right? right? And that was kind of a big deal. Um, right. So now to have them as part of our conference is is, uh, is, is, is unusual, um, feels unusual, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know, if you're asking more about the, you know, how I see tradition, I mean, I think it's, ubiquitous and essential right Mm -hmm. the tradition if you look at tradition just as a structure or a framework to convey you know certain information or certain uh, methodology or or way or certain points of view even right Mm -hmm. it's i think it's uh, it's uh, neutral um it, it can be bad and it can be good Right. It's Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's how we it's how we communicate things. Um, I think since the beginning. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. There was like even, uh, you know, even before, uh, you know, written history or or scripture, it was all oral. Mm -hmm. It was all passed down. Mm -hmm. You know, there weren't um, you know, there weren't sources of authority. Uh, that, that had been established, right? So it was, it's a way of transmission and it's, it's just, it's a framework. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it can be overemphasized mm -hmm. or you can have your traditions can 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 morph and turn into this uh you know uh rigid structure that doesn't permit growth and innovation mm -hmm. and and or the spirit right if, mm -hmm. if you're talking in in religious spiritual terms right the tradition can lock out the spirit um, if it becomes too rigid um, and there are lots of examples of that of course um, mm -hmm. uh, you, you could make the argument that um, breaking tradition is necessary for growth mm -hmm. Um, uh, I, that's, I, I think more where I would land. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think though traditions are by themselves, uh, you know, necessary and important, um, again, back to that more neutral kind of definition yeah. that, that we, it would be difficult to, to, to live with, without them. And I'm thinking more as a psychologist now, um, I think it, the way that our brains, our minds work, right? There are all of this automatic processing that happens unconsciously because there's so much information coming at us. So we, we, we develop ways to categorize things without really thinking about them. And those structures really guide what we actually come to see that over mm -hmm. time. And, mm -hmm. and you could call that a form of tradition. In sure. Way, right? yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, there, there's yeah, a lot to, to that question. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, you know that it, it, it's essential and ubiquitous and unavoidable. Um, and and I think there have been two, you know two. This is a non-controversial take. Two general approaches towards tradition. You know, one might call one progressive. One might one call one conservative. You know, the progressive is more uh, apt to challenge tradition and quicker to break it conservative by the name is more apt to conserve tradition uh and less much slower uh to move away from it uh mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily i'm not even i'm not talking about politics uh although i'm sure that that applies there as well to some degree uh and i think there are reasons for keeping and reasons for abolishing uh the the uh you know the i think a healthy approach towards tradition is to be thinking through like you know as chesterton said you know and is that famous passage with his fence that like why why do we have this tradition how did it develop what problem was it solving or addressing or what benefit was it giving uh is it still doing that um is there a better way to do it uh, all of those things are are I think are healthy questions. I think part of the issue though is tradition operates like silently. Like we, we're not aware to the extent to which tradition is operating. So we're not, it's hard to be intentional about something that's just automatic. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, then, so you then have non-intentional responses uh, to it. Um, and so I think that's, it's and that's could be politics, could be religion, it could be you know all sorts of things. And then what happens? I think that, and this is what's I think a, a lot of the spirit of, of the age now is just let's abolish, let's get rid of, mm -hmm. let's throw it away and start over. Um, kind kind of re, kind of reactively. Yeah, reactively. Reactive. Like this, yeah. like stuff in this tradition is bad. Let's sort of get rid of it. 
where I would say a more Calvinistic sort of view of things, stuff in every tradition is bad. So let's think about it. Let's try to reform it. Let's try to uh, make it better. Um, and I do think that um, some of the some of our uh, we have sort of non, uh, maybe non-intellectual relationships with certain traditions that blind us to, you know, thinking about them clearly, right? I mean, yeah, that was that was very that was very gently put. <laughs> Non-intellectual responses. Yeah, that's true. We sure do. Yeah, we just react. We just sort of react, and we're not we're not thinking about it. Um, I think so, that's a part. If, if, if I could jump right. in here really quick. I think that's because your, your point about not seeing it as tradition. I mean, it's seen as truth yeah. or the right way or, yeah. you know, this, this thing that, that has to be. Yes. Instead yeah, of just is... an option of one way to do things. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that's, and then camps develop and then it's sometimes in our, culture now it becomes about the camp you know it becomes about the war against the other camp and you're not even talking about the thing anymore whatever the thing is you know whether it's church or politics or capitalism or you know whatever it is that we fight about in our in our culture wars um it, you know the thing that we talk about isn't even the thing that we're we're talking about as well um and so let me kind of transition so our our family history uh first of all in response to our early family i think however one you know one might explain this we ended up all of our siblings ended up spread all the way across the country right and and that's that's not really accidental probably not accidental coincidental no it's probably right it's probably not random uh and we didn't have a lot of contact um you know, for a long time. Uh, and then a, uh, when grandpa turned 90, uh, which was, uh, 1994. 94. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we all gathered uh, siblings, cousins, you know, uh, gathered for a celebration and that started a, a tradition of gathering. Yeah, you know, so every two years we gather, uh, we have this family property and we gather and it has come become, you know, a tradition. And uh, I thought I, I, you know, I just thought of I think of that as a good thing. It's a good, uh, you know, development. It's a thing that was for it's purposeful. It has good uh, outcome. Um. There are probably like if I was a if I was a little kid, for instance, what would I think of this thing that, as far as my life con- was concerned, always existed? Like if I was ten years old, this thing has always existed my entire life, and maybe mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of fun at it, at it right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So you know, I think there we're in a position for, with this tradition to say, oh, this is why. This is what we decided to do. We intentionally entered into it. We sort of, I don't know if we intentionally sought to create a tradition, but we did. And then there's the people who are just sort of in it. They weren't part of that. And so they have a whole different relationship 
with that. Does that, I don't know, that seems to name something about our relationship to tradition that might cause us to see different traditions differently. Does that make sense? Oh, sure. Well, and you're speaking of it in part a generational thing. Yes. Right? Like right. You, you, where you enter the tradition makes it different. Sure. And how, and how you see it. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, I remember it similarly, although I don't remember 94 as being kind of the beginning. I, but, but I think you're right. I think that was really it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and subsequently, you know, some of us were working to try to guide the process of, you know, turning the property over uh, to the next generation. And then and part of that, um, in, in writing some of those articles uh, of incorporation and, or whatever we were calling it then, uh, th- there was a purpose uh, stated in there to mm-hmm. gather together and renew our ties mm-hmm. as, as a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Uncle Jim wrote that, actually. And, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it has become our tradition I think intentionally so. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and, and we meet not every year, but usually every other year. Um, and, you know, some years are better than others, right? I mean, uh, some years things flow. Some, like, I thought you described it pretty well. Like, you know, there's an occasional frayed nerve and they, they all look differently, but they generally work. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if one is again talking about this purpose where we do kind of come together and, and renew our ties. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, that has become part of our family identity. So, I, you know, the, the relationship between tradition and identity is one that sort of interests me, but I haven't really thought about deeply or fully. So obviously that's a certain part of my identity generationally it might even be a a more inherited received unintentional part this is just something we do this is not only something we do this is who we are we are this family this is our land this is our place whatever right yes can i say something about that i i just just had this memory um you know that um in the context of my graduate school, I lived in California for five years and I, I really was really trying to work out my relationship with our father and our grandfather, the -hmm. the patriarchs and our family is clearly a patriarchal family. Sure. Yep. Right. Um, And I uh, had a a really a disrupted relationship with both of them. And there was a, a period of estrangement, and I had a dream in that, and I, I was in my own psychotherapy. I was working pretty hard on all this stuff, but but I had a dream of the caboose, which is kind of the central structure of mm-hmm. our this our property up north, mm-hmm. and and it was it, it the door was padlocked, mm. and so that was kind of uh, mm. you know like a big, this big part of my identity, I didn't feel like I could access it. Mm. That's what the dream was representing. So I, I totally agree with you. I think that's, that's exactly right. That, that our traditions do become part of our identity and they're deeply embedded um, mm. in our, in our psyches. Yeah. And I think, I, I think it's, that's uh thanks for sharing that. That's uh that's very, I, 
I reflect, I didn't really even plan to say it, but at our, our last reunion, which was just last month, um, as we're, as we're taping this, um, you know, I did share, we, we had a time of sharing and I did share, I don't remember a lot from my childhood. I mean, I don't know what the normal amount is, but it seems like other people remember more. Um, but a lot of the things I remember are around that property and around, you know, the cabin, the caboose, the land, um, trips up there, you know, uh, and that partly, I think it's, that's, partly true because for a number of I think for a number of reasons but in sort of an incohate incoherent chaotic childhood that was a tradition that that was sort of a a, a touchstone you know of, of uh, my childhood of our childhood like that was kind of a constant the trips up to that land were sort of a, it was a recurring thing but it was sort of a constant and, you know, I, it's hard for me to think for a long time about my childhood without, you know, somehow visiting in my memory, the caboose, the cabin, different episodes up there, right? When we had a, when we didn't have, before we had a toilet put in the poor, poor toilet, and then we had the outhouse, we had the biffy, you know, going to the biffy in the middle of the night in three feet of snow, you know. Mm-hmm stuff like that yeah. it's sort of like that's part of who i am yeah in a way that's just sort of inescapable yeah right yeah uh, no I, so, I, I, no go ahead well i just just say i think you're 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 right it was a point of stability mm-hmm. in a in a uh, in a very unstable yeah uh, childhood growing up mm-hmm. for you know, around our home, our parents were not stable, et cetera, et cetera. But our grandfather was pretty reliable, pretty mm-hmm. stable, and he loved going up there, mm-hmm. and he would take us up there, and then that weekend would be relatively peaceful. We would have grandfather's benign annoyance, mm-hmm. but it right. was we, we knew it, and it was okay, right. and, and, he, and he would have some moments of, of joy and happiness, too, because that was, of course, his favorite place. But mm-hmm. but I do think, and that's that's why, I think part of the reason why the the tradition of the reunion works because mm-hmm. it's up there and it's mm-hmm. a place where everybody has memory of yeah. and and has some you know incorporated memory of or 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 tradition with um, yeah if we use that right. word so yeah uh so one of the things that you know we we do live in a time where people are discarding tradition uh i would say probably a little too easily or or quickly because i think if tradition is unavoidable you're just replacing it with some other unintentionally usually uh rhythm that becomes your tradition that may not be any better it may be worse um you know what do we do with traditions that are uh marred uh in other words it may be a good tradition a good healthy thing but it becomes marred i'm you know let's say i'll use a uh, sort of a, i guess an obvious example that's sort of in the news is people's traditional let's say they went to church every well regularly every week or so and then they have a negative or an abusive experience in church what you know what what's a healthy approach to you know, respecting what happened and not, and responding to it, but not reacting 
against it or to it. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I'm going to answer this as a psychologist because yeah. uh, it's, 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 it's who I am, right? <laughs> um, but I, I think um, some reaction to it is often a necessary part of the process of reforming the tradition, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and this has certainly been true for me in my own life. Like I had to walk away from my uh my, my identifications with a, a form of Christianity that, that, that didn't work for me anymore. And I had to kind of just uh, leave that all alone for a while until I could come back at it and redefine, uh, find my own place in it that was more congruent with, with the growth that, that I had done in my, in my life. Um, uh, I, because the tradition of gathering with a community of people who uh, who identify uh, as as belonging to God in some way that is really important like yeah. that to me you know that's a really important tradition um, and, and and I've rediscovered that in my mm-hmm. life uh, I was in church this morning walking up for for, for, for communion, and I had this again, and I, and this is a, not an infrequent thing for me. This profound gratitude, like that, I'm in this place, mm-hmm. and um, that mm-hmm. you know that's meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I I lost that. It, mm-hmm. it, it 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 was marred. It became marred for me. And I'm not saying this has to be everybody's path or journey. But but I know that there that there are areas or periods of life where there's a necessary deconstruction uh, before you can reestablish and I think it's a function of growth often mm-hmm. um, and, and there probably are unhealthy ways that this happens I don't know but you know uh, uh, to, to 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 have to you know walk away to let go to let go of these forms or these traditions and and let some time pass let some things settle let some some new understandings emerge, I don't know, and then come back to them. Um, you know, I, um, yeah, I mean, um, I, I and, and I can appreciate things from my earlier tradition. Like I, what, I spent time in, uh, right, the evangelical world. I don't consider myself, I don't, I don't identify myself as part of that evangelical subculture any longer. But one of the, one of the great things about that tradition, the evangelical mm-hmm. tradition, is its love of the word. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned the word. Mm-hmm. And I'm super grateful for that now. Yeah. I've been yeah. watching a movie, and I'll quote a scripture, and my wife will look at me like, who are you? Because <laughs> <laughs> she grew up Catholic, and sure. their tradition does not emphasize right. scripture, right? right? It's, all, right. it's all through the priest. And um, so... so I've reclaimed aspects that are much more congruent for mm-hmm. me now, and I can mm-hmm. and I can wear them, and, and I can wear them with with power and authority, mm-hmm. right? Because this is who I am, and they're 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 incorporated in me in a whole different way now, much yeah. deeper, I would say. And so, some of the elements of the subculture or the tradition or that faith community I don't adhere to anymore, but some 
others are deeply embedded in me and I possess even more profoundly. Yeah, so you're describing a process of, uh, of um, growth, evaluation, introspection, uh, of discarding parts of, but not the whole of reapprehending, of not losing the point of it. And I, I do, it concerns me that it, you know, it, in a sense, deconstruction has become almost a badge that people can wear, uh, or deconversion, deconstruction, as if that's the end of the process instead of the beginning of the process. And, and I think it's a reaction against that ends in reaction against. And mm -hmm. I think people might be wounded or might be, uh, I think some people are wounded, but I think a lot of people are just, they feel betrayed mm -hmm. by, uh, they grew up thinking, uh, I don't know, my parents had all the answers. Uh, yeah, and you right. find out they don't, you know, they don't have all the answers. And now you want to throw everything out. Um, and that's an oversimplification, but I, you know, that's, it can set that we're going to, you know, discard tradition and move forward as if you didn't experience that tradition or as if you don't have another one that's going to form accidentally now, um, I think is short-sighted. And, uh, you know, I think there's some level of healthy embrace of tradition and healthy evaluation of tradition that we all kind of need to find. Is that, does yeah, that yeah. sound no. like... I no, I think you're. I think you're right. Right on the money. I agree wholeheartedly uh, that dis deconstruction for deconstruction's sake just leaves you in some wreckage. Yeah. Um, and that you don't. You don't. You don't. You're nowhere, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, but at any at any point, if you're looking at somebody going through that process, that's what you might see. Sure. I, I hope that they would not choose to stay there. Yeah, because uh, that's right. not a good place to be. So I totally agree right. with you with that. But it can take a while, and it's kind of like uh, I, 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 thinking about this topic. I thought about that the the one sermon I I gave, and I I, mm -hmm. I sent it to you. Um, but but you have to leave home. You have to go out into the wilderness, and you don't know where you are sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. there, that's mm -hmm. part of that's that's yeah. one of the necessary things about it. you have to leave not knowing where you're going. Right. And that's, uh, that's inherently, I think, difficult and anxiety for if somebody, somebody can be in a really angry place. Uh, I think some of that's okay. Some people can get stuck there. Sure. And, yeah. then, and then, and then oddly you're tied more to the tradition than yes. ever before in a negative yeah. way. That's an excellent insight. I think that's yeah, and true. I, and I think that, uh, you know, I've, I sound like I'm the defender of tradition and I guess I'm sort of, I am in, in, in a sense here, I'm defending in a limited way, um, recognizing that there's been, uh, a lot of a negative stuff that flows along with, uh, tradition. But I do feel like one of the negative, one of the negative things that tradition can, especially religious tradition can do is that can that it can't, but we can think, we can put it in its place in that uh, we, we have tradition instead of faith. We have tradition for certainty, for knowledge, for comfort. And at some level, being in the wilderness is, is part and parcel. I mean, there's a lot of wilderness passages in the Bible uh, 
because wilderness means faith, means search, means discovery. Um, it, and means you can do that. it means vulnerability. Yeah, too. right. Vulnerability, anxiety, fear, whatever. And I think there's a, you know, you, that you can do that within a tradition uh, that honors it is probably, you know, really can be really good. Uh, I do think that there are uh, unhealthy uh, reliances on tradition that sort of uh, can serve uh, for some people uh, as a replacement for faith. And, uh, uh, and I think that's, that can be a, a negative thing. Um, we're getting close to the end of our, our time here. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, uh, I want to, you know, just talk about as we're, as we're closing here is, um, what, you know, how has your, uh, I guess, attitude towards tradition changed from the time when you were younger till now, you know, now that you're at the, uh, a bit older, a bit more seasoned, kind of what have you learned about it and what's your thoughts on it and attitude towards it? How is it different than it, when you were 30 or even 40? Well, that's interesting um, because I've thought different things about it um, uh, at, at each phase of, of my life. I mean, I did uh, in my young adulthood embrace the traditions of my father, right, in my family. Mm -hmm. And that was conservative, mm -hmm. uh, conservative political ideology and conservative religious ideology. Um, I, um, uh, I and, and embraced that it was and I and I, you know, I mean, that that was a structure that was mm -hmm. important It kind of organized me in some ways. And then, uh, you know, through my own psychotherapy through my own graduate training through my work as a psychotherapist. I mean, I, that, that had, uh, and, and I think I was one of the people who reacted some, right. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know that you can not, right. I, I had to throw off some of this stuff that, that mm -hmm. wasn't working. And, and, the, and the conservative political ideology was the first to go. And I think the, you know, more conservative uh, theological, uh, ideology, you know, came, came next. Um, and, uh, you know, that was that deconstruction reconstruction uh, period where I don't know if you would have asked me at, you know, at 45, what my attitude towards the tradition was, I might've given you a totally different answer. I might've been mm -hmm. more, more negative about it. I, mm -hmm. I probably would have been more negative about it because I would have been in that process where I would yes. have seen it as oppressive to me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, not maybe seeing the whole picture more, you know, clearly now, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's important and, um, uh, uh, it's important, um, when it's in its proper perspective, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, your last point about, you know, uh, tradition as the source of one's security you know that that does not require faith right? right there's no room for the spirit when you're right. in a world of certainty right, right. the spirit moves on right uh, for for sure because there's just no no place for for that and and it's it's not lost on me that jesus never condemned anybody he hung out with he hung out with people who had uh a lot of destructive traditions right? sure uh sure. the the 
the people he got after were the religious authorities because he saw their tradition as getting in people's way. Yeah. And, and right. I think that, but, but for me now, I mean, like this, this, this morning uh, of going to church, I mean, I love mm-hmm. going to church. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have said that 15 or 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like I've reclaimed that tradition yeah. in, mm-hmm. and made it my own. Yeah. 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 That's sort of, you know, one of the things I thought you might say in, uh, in, in terms of tradition and your own journey in it. And that last point that you made, I kind of want to emphasize as we're as we're landing the plane here that, you know, Jesus's attitude towards tradition and the religious traditionalists of the time of his day, the Pharisees, uh, you know, you you set aside you know, the heart of God, the word of God for it, your, for your traditions is what he said. He said that in multiple places. And I think that's the sort of negative sense of tradition, tradition in place of this thing that's so much bigger, that tradition, a healthy tradition is part of, but it's, uh, it's the, the, the heart of the thing is not overshadowed by the tradition and therefore overtaken by the tradition. And I do think that's, you know, that is the, the if we just uh, tradition unthinkingly embraced, we can lose the point of the whole thing. And I think that's the, again the point Jesus made. The point I think that that you know I'd like to end on is, you know, it's it sounds maybe scary to say let's examine this tradition, and yet it's very biblical for Jesus to say your tradition is getting in the way of you know, transformation of love, of grace. And the tradition is the very thing that's that's in the way. And you need to change your tradition to get to the heart of things. And that's a very biblical message. But I think that's a message that's a little scary for people, for biblical people, because it seems, I don't know, subversive? Does it seem subversive? I think it's for, for, for biblical people who are raised in a tradition where mm-hmm. certainty was valued. Yeah. Right yeah. where there where there wasn't any real discussion where mm-hmm. where the where the where the word wasn't living and active uh, and sharper than a two edged sword right yeah. um, uh, that that that's scary for for people who are kind of settled into a tradition that is really about security and, and mm-hmm. certainty yeah 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 um, so let's leave it at that point leave it with Jesus's words about. Uh, tradition and the heart of God and tradition can be good and useful. And in fact, it's unavoidable and part of who we are, but it also can, uh, can serve to overshadow the heart of God. And so, uh, let's, as we land the plane here, let's, uh, remember, uh, Jesus's words and Jesus's point, uh, and to, uh, live within the tradition we have in a way that, that, uh, honors his heart, uh, and his grace and his love towards the world. Uh, and with that, uh, let's, let's let's end it here. Can I just say, it's it's sure. good to be with you, brother. This was fun. I enjoyed it. Yes, yes, very fun. We'll definitely do it again. I'll find a I'll stumble across a topic, but uh, which would be great for us to be on again. Uh, love you, man. Talk to you later. Love you too. Okay. Bye bye. You've been listening to On Culture, a podcast of the Embassy Newsletter. Have a question? Send it to theembassy at substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.